Welcome everybody to the USL show. Uh, this is Phil. Evan is out this week, but we do have a full cast uh, thanks to some help from a few friends. Um, but we'll start with the ones that are normally here. We're going to start with Pony just joined us most recently. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. You're coming in fresh from work. You got an extra 15 minute break today before know, you started. Lucky, lucky me. <laughs> Have an hour after their deadline hits to get home. Oh boy. Um, we also have Ryan, the other half of our stats department. Ryan, how's it going, buddy? It's going pretty well. Just kind of hanging out in Wilmington, celebrating Celtics trouble, trouble before the other club of my heart plays on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, maybe we'll start with that that thing you suggested a little earlier. But you are rocking a Celtic kit at the request of me and Alan, so. Trouble, trouble. I like it. Um, Our special guest today filling in because we were going to be missing Kev and Evan. Um, We have David Carl. I had to write down your name because I knew I'd forget it. Everyone knows how bad I am with names. But David, how are you doing, man? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always happy to fill in. Yeah. Uh, This is your second appearance. David is from the Cursed Cursed Cast, uh, part of the Curse uh, supporter group in New Mexico. So I hope you guys have checked out their podcast. It's been very, very good. You guys hit the ground running. You had like, what, a guest for every show pretty much the first several episodes? Yeah, first first show was uh, head coach Troy Lesane. We got uh, Peter Trevisani, the team owner. We got Santi Moar on there. Uh, we've had a we've had a guest. We had Kelsey Steele from the USL come on. It's been oh, fun. for real. I yeah, missed that she, show. Yeah, she was on uh, two three weeks ago because um, she had come for our Cinco de Mayo game and they did a kind of a video piece. They're still putting together on that, so it was cool to have her on. Very very cool. Um, yeah, and, and the league has some podcasts and I listened to hers. I haven't gotten to the honest lads one, but, um, I am going to give it a shot. And, uh, I think it's really cool. I was, I was secretly hoping they do all the, uh, all the recaps of all the games and then we could just come on here and talk about what we wanted, <laughs> but they're smart enough not to do that either. So that honest, three honest lads one, they do a good job. It's, it's, it feels, uh, it's nice to get those guys unscripted. I enjoy it. I enjoy that a lot. And I listened to the first episode of uh, the Kelsey Steel one. I haven't heard the second one yet, but I enjoyed the first one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little more like pop culture kind of topical, which is enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Three Honest Lads, we hear those guys every week. So, again, I'm with you. Being able to hear what they what they have to say off script should be pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay, now we're going to start with what Ryan suggested. Uh, we have some... Most, I think it's pretty clear that a lot of Americans, most of the people on this show are all uh, uh, fans of the Premier League. It's pretty obvious if you're watching the feed right now that David has a special team that he likes. <laughs> There's Arsenal and New Mexico stuff all over the place. Um, I know what I like. <laughs> so I thought we'd start, or Ryan suggested rather, that we that we start kind of picking our, our picks for Champions League and um, Europe. Europa. Uh, what is the proper term for that? I always call it Europa. Yeah, the Europa, Europa League, League final. Okay, Europa League final. Thank you. Okay, so um, David, since we kind of talked about you liking Arsenal, why don't you pick a team that isn't to win team? to win the Europa <laughs> League final? Uh, yeah, I think I'll go with Arsenal. Uh, I, I put in the in the notes. I put nine nil. Um, I'm going to stay with that prediction. Uh, no, no, I, uh, I I do think it's going to be a tough match. I don't know if you guys saw today. Uh, Maurizio Sarri, uh, they were in their last uh, training session today. Now storms up pitch because David Luiz, uh, and I don't remember who, who, I think it might have been 
Van Hazard and Louise were coming together and fighting in their last training mat training session before the, the Europe, European League final. I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Arsenal uh, two to one. I think it's gonna be tight. Yeah, I imagine. I think uh, the tension is is maybe hitting all time high here. A lot a lot going on for those guys. Um, Pony, do, are you? Do you have a team? Do you have time to watch Prem League with all your everything you're watching? Uh, yeah, but I mean, for me, I don't really have a dog in the fight for Arsenal, Chelsea. I guess I somewhat go Chelsea because I have a friend who supports Chelsea. So why not have him have something good? <laughs> um, Ryan, how about you? You're the most informed one here, to be honest. You and <laughs> you and David probably. But yeah, I'd like to hear what you think. I want to say I'm more informed than David. David likes one of the teams uh, playing in the game, so he certainly knows more than I do on these two sides, but I just know a bit about these teams just due to a virtue of London rivals since they can't just abandon the match and award no trophy, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, um, I'm going to say it's been it's going to be a really close one as well, agreeing with David. Uh, I'd rather see Chelsea win, which is why I'll give them a slight 1-0 edge, but it honestly wouldn't surprise me to see either team him walk away with the trophy in this one. My biggest gripe is that this match shouldn't be in Azerbaijan. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's poor for the fans. It's poor for... you got a player, Henrik Mkhitaryan, who's Armenian. He's not even... It's not that he's not allowed, but he's not safe going into Azerbaijan. Also, it's the Europa League final, and the match isn't being played in Europe. So that's fun. They had like two other locations they could have played this at. It could have been in Sevilla, Spain, or Sevilla, Spain, or Istanbul, Turkey. Istanbul ended up getting the um, UEFA Super Cup match, so I'm not sure, or if that was a deal that they had struck that with Azerbaijan that you'd get the Super Cup match or you'd get the Europa League final. But this match could have been in definitely other locations if they didn't want to do the Champions League and Europa League final in the same country. They could have easily just put this thing in Istanbul. Or there were a few other locations that were expressed interest in bidding. Hampton Park up in Glasgow was one place. That would have been an easy trip for the Londoners. Or they could have done it in, a, I think, one of the German stadiums. I can't recall who, but I think Frankfurt had even offered to have their place at the start of the year. But it, it just shouldn't be an Azerbaijan. And UEFA's response has been, you know, well, we want to bring football everywhere, which is a, a, a good goal. And I agree with that. You want to bring football to the entire world and, and high quality football to the entire world. I totally agree with that. And the other response that they've given is, well, we didn't know that it would be two English teams in the final. Of course, you didn't know that. There's no way you could have known that. <laughs> but at the same time, like you try to make it maybe a little bit more centrally located. If it's a European championship, maybe make it somewhere in Europe. And again, maybe a place where there's not going to be players or fans who aren't allowed in there uh, due to their nationality. That, that shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, here was the last five locations for the Europa League final. It was in uh, Olympic Lyon Stadium. I'm not even going to try with the name of the city. Uh, Solna Friends Arena in Sweden. Basel, Switzerland. Warsaw, Poland. And Juventus Stadium in Turin. Those are all accessible. Yeah, and next year's Europa League final will be in Poland again. And on top of that, one thing I didn't mention is the the airport in Baku hasn't been able to handle the influx of people either. And uh, they've returned, both Arsenal and Chelsea have returned huge portions of their tickets that they were allotted. So it's kind of a cluster over there right now. Yeah, they're just it could have been a better solution. I agree. <laughs> Sounds pretty terrible. I, this is something I'm not even up on, so I apologize. <laughs> this not match will be tomorrow at 1500 TNT, correct? I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, but tomorrow at 1,500 yep. or 3. 
Well, depends on what part of the country you're in. But yes, yeah, I know. We're at noon. <laughs> Us West I'm Coasters. Gonna <laughs> I'll be watching it at one. It. I'm going to record it and hopefully it doesn't get spoiled for me, but it absolutely will get spoiled by someone. Always I'm going to try and sneak out, of, sneak out of work. <laughs> I have to go pick up my sister halfway through, so... <laughs> Um, well, let's, we'll remember which show we're, we're doing now actually. And we'll do quickly. We'll just do our, our picks for the last, uh, the other one, I guess, actually, I forgot to say that I can never root for a Stan Kroenke, uh, team being a St. Louisan. So no, he's terrible and, and yeah. you should hate him. Yeah. So <laughs> I got to pick Chelsea and we'll do snake draft style. I'll go with, uh, Tottenham because I think they don't stand a chance in the future getting anything else. Premier League champions league whereas uh i think i love um klopp and i think he has a good chance next year doing any of these things again so um i'm gonna pick tottenham to kind of take it uh ryan i think we all know who you're picking my heart says tottenham but if i had to do an analytical mine it's gonna be liverpool 2-1 mm. in normal time if you look at the past uh your champions league finals that have teams in the same league the team who finished up ahead in the table, usually wins the final, 15-16 Real Madrid over Atletico, 12-13 Bayern over Dortmund, 07-08 Man U over Chelsea. The one recent history that bucks the trend was 13-14 Atletico over Real Madrid, but Madrid won uh, Atletico over Real Madrid in the table, but Madrid won the final as Madrid does in the final. But I want Tottenham, of course. That had to be hard for you, Ryan. You're being real uh, <laughs> sensible about everything. I mean, I, I I'm superstitious with Tottenham. I don't play as them on FIFA for these <laughs> matches, and I'm only going to wear Tottenham stuff on the day of the final. Nice. That's that's a good one. Um, Pony, do you, what are you picking on this one? Well, I'm an Everton supporter, so as long as Liverpool loses, I'm okay with this. <laughs> there you go. Of course you're an Everton supporter. Very nice. Mediocracy uh, at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, David? I feel the need to balance this one out. I'll say uh, Liverpool three, Spuds one. There you go. Okay, um, we're gonna start out. We're gonna start up all the uh, USL stuff for the and, and continue it for the rest of the uh, show. Now, um, just gonna start with uh, just quick news. Really, the only thing we wanted to mention is that Louisville City Stadium continues to rise in Butcher Town. Uh, you can find photo, uh, video, or photos online. I guess they're live photos, or no, they're Twitter, Twitter feed. I guess Ryan, did you put that one in? No, I did not put that in the show notes, but it's going to be, they do have a live stream, I believe, on their site, and they do have Twitter photos. In fact, if you look on Google Maps, you can actually see that the area has been uh, demolished over the Google Earth feed, and now it's starting to show the rise of the uh, stadium, but it's just fantastic to see uh, more stadiums going up in the USL. Yep, I hope this is the trend. Love it, and uh, everyone's going to enjoy their games in Louisville a lot more after that thing gets built. Um, we're going to jump straight into listener questions. Um, we all often will ask questions and people won't, um, or will ask for questions and we won't always read them, but today we're going to jump right into them. First thing, Alan Underwood, who is logged in right now. Um, this is toward you, David, uh, going to ask him if it's even worth playing the rest of the season or should we just hand the West over to New Mexico United? Have you guys been watching Phoenix? Because uh, I have. Mm -hmm. And uh, don't get me wrong, it's been a great start for New Mexico United, but it's just a start. I mean, what are we, a, a quarter of the way through the season, something like that? It's a long way to go, and Phoenix is rising. Um, <laughs> they've been, or they've won three straight. They've looked dominant doing so. I would be remiss if I did not include them in the absolute favorites to, to win the Western Conference. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to pull up the standings now as my computer's being slow, but, you know, as terrible a start as they had, as much as I was about to even freak out about Phoenix, and I was trying mm-hmm. not to, I was trying my damnedest not to freak out about them, but I was on the verge of doing it last week, or, you know, the, a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. But what they're in, I'm pulling it up right now. Phoenix is in second place right now. What Wit, the and they're So they're four points back, but they also have, there's also a game in hand there. So if they win, I don't know what their next match is, but if they win, they're a point behind New Mexico. So to say to hand it over to New Mexico, I think it's, it's incredibly premature. Um, and there are teams that could catch, catch New Mexico if they, uh, I think I think El Paso can. I think Fresno can catch them if they win their games in hand. So mm-hmm. uh, far, 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 far from over. Yeah, and and I think Pony. I think this is something you should talk talk about. Is do you feel like New Mexico has some weaknesses that can be exploited by someone like Phoenix or Fresno or or um, what was the other one? Reno you mentioned. Uh, El, yeah. Paso. El Paso. El Paso. Yeah. Well, Reno is one team we beat them, but I think is. Far says El Paso. As New Mexico goes, I think one of their problems is they might not have the depth, but also that they don't have the defense. That's what still scares me is they have two shutouts this year against RGV and San Antonio, who are both barely playoff teams, if playoff teams at this point. Mm-hmm. And I was looking back since you know 2011 modern USL, as I usually call it, no team has ever won the cup without shutting down at least one team during the playoffs. And I'm not sure New Mexico could actually do that. I... They're going to be a great team. They're going to make a good run, but I don't think you could keep scoring almost three goals a game for an entire season, plus playoffs against good sides, when your defense gives up over a goal a game on average and closer to two. It's in interesting. Last, sorry, go ahead, sorry. Ryan. I was just going to say, in the last five league matches, New Mexico has allowed seven goals. Hmm, and that's what I was getting kind of at. David, what do you think? Well, it's interesting to see the kind of the dichotomy between the two teams on top of the respective tables. Look at Tampa. I mean, what are they at? Seven shutouts so far. Um, getting close to the league record on that uh, at this point in the season. And, and New Mexico's got two. I mean, they score a ton, obviously. Um, and, and Troy Lassane plays an exciting brand of football. Uh, but you're right. You're right. Uh, defense wins championships is the old mantra. Um, and I think New Mexico will need to improve on their defensive performance to, to have a shot at the title. And um Here's hoping they will. Right. In the last five games, they did play Austin and Colorado Springs, gave up two goals combined, and those teams averaged less than a goal a game. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're it's not like they shut out a great side. They allowed a goal again, which is normal for them against two teams who usually don't even score. I think Colorado Springs, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Colorado Springs has only scored two goals at home all year. And one of them was against New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I can believe that. Yeah, looks like it checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they scored four goals. Yeah, they scored four four goals in their first game. Since then, they've scored six. And that's the thing. I think New Mexico wants to overpower teams, and 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 it can be done. Obviously, they've done it for most of the season uh, thus far. But I mean, when you come up against a team, a, a really complete team like Phoenix, for example, um, who they drew three, three earlier this year, um, a team who is, is really starting to click offensively now um, and is very good defensively. Uh, what are you going to do? It's going to be difficult to overpower a team like that. Yeah. It's like asking the Red Bulls two to win the East where they're, <laughs> they can score, but their defense isn't always there and they're going to get beat because of that one game. And the thing is, they have New Mexico has the defensive talent. They've got guys. Josh Suggs is fantastic. He mm-hmm. bumps forward a lot um, and, and contributes to the offense as well. But Justin Schmidt, Rashid Tate, I mean, these are guys who are really great defensively. Um, but they need to click as a unit in order for New Mexico, I think, to be serious title contenders. 
Yeah, and Mizell has been great, um, despite as many have, have been let up. But, I mean, you guys are all mostly attack. It's wide open in those games. So do you, do you feel like he's been doing well this year? Yeah, I think he's been great. I think he leads the USL in saves. Um, and part of that can be attributed to his, uh, the number of shots that have gone on goal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he's made some spectacular saves. Um, he's kind of grown into the season, I think. Um, and, and let's hope he continues to do so um, because they're going to need him. Yeah. Um, I like that you said that Phoenix is such a complete team. I think that's like they're one of the most complete teams, maybe in the in the USL. Um, maybe that's something you can claim a little easier in the West in some ways. But um, I am curious. It's been a lot of chatter. Been going, there's been a lot of chatter going on about El Paso. And you mentioned them earlier talking about how their playing style is really like trying to be kind of pretty. A lot of possession. Uh, Kisa Vetter's been really nice for them. I know they have a lot of other good pieces that I just don't know their names right now. But I thought I'd mention that, and, and maybe, David, you can talk a little more about El Paso, what you've seen of them in the West. Yeah, I, I, Keith Vetter obviously is is number one there. I mean, his first three games, he had three braces. Um, if he's not the USL Player of the Month, I don't know who is. Um, he's been fantastic. I think he, did, he didn't score in his most recent game against Portland. That was a 1-1 draw, but he's been really fantastic. Uh, Omar Salgado, also really, really good. Um, they've got some really nice pieces there. And again, I think kind of like Phoenix, they started off a little slowly. Um, but uh, Mark Lowry's got them playing better, better football right now. The team that they drew, again, Portland, uh, is no slouch themselves. Uh, and, and I think they will be – they've got the potential to be a, a top-four seed. I really think they will. Yeah, El Paso is one of those teams for me with uh, Fresno where if they could start scoring with at a more regular basis, they're one of the clear top teams in the West, if not even one of the favorites. I mean, New Mexico – not New Mexico, El Paso and Fresno are both tied for league lead or West leading defense right now. They're kind of a team you can kind of root for, up and comers, you know, trying to come out playing a pretty style. It's a good thing. El Paso is a goal in each of their five league matches. I say league matches because we're, or they did have a 3 0 defeat hosting forward Madison, the Open Cup, in between that time. Hmm. Um, Alan asked this, and uh, it was mentioned in the chat, so I'm going to go ahead and ask this to you, David, before we move on from uh, New Mexico here. Um, N-Y-U-K-L-H-E-D, Niuk-Led, if I were to pronounce that. How much is the end of the season homestand going to help with a playoff title push for New Mexico United? It's a good question. Yeah, I love that question. So, um, as your guys, I'm sure, are all well aware, New Mexico share a stadium with the Albuquerque Isotopes. It's Isotopes Park here in in New Mexico. Um, And just kind of the way that all has worked out, uh, New Mexico has played a lot of games on the road. I think they've already played eight on the road. So that's nearly half their uh, total away games already out of the way. So I want to say, I don't remember the exact number, but it's something like 10 of their 12 final home games, something like that, are going to, 10 of their final 12 games are going to be at home rather. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that makes a huge difference. I mean, when you have to play teams like Phoenix and like El Paso um, and, and they're coming to your place instead of going to their place, I think that makes a huge difference uh, in the playoff push. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to be jockeying for position, uh, hopefully, uh, toward that part of the season, you know, whether they're trying to to get a top seed or, or a top four seed or whatever it might be. um, You'd much rather be at home for 10 or 12 games than on the road for 10 or 12. (laughs) Nice. Included in that homestand towards the end of the stretch is uh, two matches at towards the end of September of hosting Reno and hosting Phoenix. Those will be mm. huge. That'll be fun. That'll be good. Uh, I was going to point out that the last two games are Vegas and Tacoma, who are basically <laughs> free wins on their when they go on the road. Yeah, I was going to say I mean, combined they have 
Looks like one point from 12 matches on the Vegas, road. Vegas gets away from those wild, wacky, arm-waving, inflatable tube men, and they just can't win. <laughs> that, I was about to say, though, that Vegas is the type of team that might just clobber New Mexico on the right night. So you never know. Uh, but it is true for the most part. Those might be easier, easy wins. Um, let's move on to the next question. Harry Ramincall, of course, we all know him. Uh, do you think MLS and USL Championship should have a heavy schedule on Sunday and Monday for Memorial Day weekend? Uh, could be a way to grab some extra eyes and, of course, have events to honor the vets. Uh, good point. I would say let's expand that while you guys kind of think about that. Are there even other holidays that we can take advantage of and, and do this kind of thing on the regular? I'm going to say yes. Uh, Pony, have you thought of an answer to this one? Yeah, it would be good. I think another thing that would be nice is have some teams play earlier games because when we have, you know, when we have 12 teams 12 games going off in a day and they all start within four hours of each other, you're not going to get a lot of eyes on it. I mean, teams like Ottawa, I probably see more than any other team apart from possibly Sacramento because they always play home games early. So yeah. if it's the only game on, guess what I'm watching at 11 a.m. on at my time? It's the Ottawa against whoever happens to be visiting Ottawa. If a few other teams could cash in on that, just say we're going to play a game at way too probably too early to be a late night game you're going to get the casuals who watch as much USL as they can tuning into your team and be able to talk about your team. There's no reason not to do that or have teams play play maybe a quarter of your weekend games on Sunday. People will watch. I will regularly not watch your team. If you want to get the eyes, you got to take a prime time slot when there's nothing competing with you. It's Particularly good- before football season starts. American football season starts as well. Yeah, yeah that'll change things around for Sunday games. but Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it is funny to talk about that because in, in general that'd be true, but I think the four of us may be the ones like pining for an early game. You know what I mean? I'm not sure TV, um, eyes on TV and YouTube, or uh, sorry, ESPN Plus is is a big thing yet, although it is growing. Um, and hopefully that's a take that is really important in our in our you know hopefully not too distant future. Um, well, you yeah. know the the league has those Wednesday night matches that are no longer called the match of the week. It's Wednesday night soccer, uh, which is sometimes on Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> but uh, but they have those on ESPN News. Um, I don't know what the logistics would be like, but potentially maybe get one of those, uh, maybe a Sunday match on ESPN News or a Saturday match on ESPN News. I mean, I don't know what, again, what the logistics on that are, but I think that could go a long way towards making a big difference. Yeah, and Alan just said if you stagger them out a little bit, it might even make it a little better. Agree. Even yeah. if it's all on Saturday, like Pony was kind of saying stagger the right. games a little more yeah for me saturday I see nothing until 4 p.m and then it's like 10 game like yeah. six games at four and six games at seven it's like well i gotta watch two games that's great this is the golden era of watching soccer in the united states i don't expect this to go on but i mean our morning is full of european soccer we sometimes we don't even have to wait before mls and usl start at like noon or 2 30 it's really awesome spoiled mls rotten. has a lot of early games yeah, so it shouldn't be that big a deal. I, I imagine the NYCFC is known for that. Yeah, I imagine the players hate it. I don't know. Have you, has anyone asked a player about that? But doesn't anyway. really matter here on the west side. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's late afternoon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if you're looking at a golden age of uh, television, just wait until uh, July seventh for uh, if you have ESPN Plus and regular cable streaming. So at 11 a.m. Eastern time, you'll have the Women's World Cup final. USA for, for the United States at 2 p.m. Eastern. You'd have Atlanta United and New York Red Bulls also on Fox 
at 4 p.m., you'd have the Copa America final. At mm -hmm. 6.30, you have Portland Timbers, NYCFC. And then at 9 p.m., you'd have the Gold Cup final. Oh, my gosh. Whew, I know what I'm doing that day. Sounds great. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> that is five days too early for me to properly enjoy, but I will still enjoy the day for soccer. I may pop my first beer at 8 a.m., you know? Just really make a day of it. I'm starting to drink now I'll just to prepare. It's like, the promotion game to start drinking at like 7 a.m. my time. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, guys, let's move on to the next topic. It is Open Cup, um, one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Uh, we're about to go into the third round of the U.S. Open Cup, and it begins in Oklahoma City. Does it? it it's not Rain tonight, is it? Rain is delay tonight. Oh, it is right now. It's Tuesday Rain delay tonight. Okay, rain delay. So I hope that happens. Um, and doesn't get postponed. That's going to be a really fun game. My favorite thing about this is obviously East versus West, and we get to see a little hint of what that might look like, although Oklahoma City's not incredible right now, right? Yeah, they're, they're kind of going to be mid-table. Yeah. They're fifth in the West at the okay. moment. Okay, yeah, and I mean, they got some players too. So Six points off New Mexico. I'm most excited to see what tactics get squeezed out of this game and what it'll be like. Super defensive versus a team that's used to playing open. That's I'm really excited. Yeah, I think they're they're a team that's played above their heads thus far um, and against weaker opposition. Um, I think they've got a tough run of matches, fixtures coming up. Uh, pull it up here in just a second. But uh, I, I expect them to kind of come back down to earth. I think you said they're fifth right now. Yeah, I think they're a playoff team, but I think they may be a play-in team. That's why I had the start of season play in team. I have seen nothing to change that so far. Yeah. Yeah. OKC's next five is hosting Los Stokes at New Mexico at Fresno, hosting San Antonio, and hosting Phoenix. Yeah, that's yeah, probably run. at least two losses, if not three. Hmm. Yeah, they're just too opportune for me. You know, like they're going to rely on finishing really well in their games, and so if they do good finishing, then they're going to have a great game. If they finish badly, it's going to look pretty bad. I think at least that's the vibe I get. So. Knucklehead in chat said the OKC game will be played tonight no matter the start time per energy Twitter. Looking oh, forward God. to that 3 a.m. start. Uh, that's uh, Niukled is his name. I said that earlier. Just, uh, just so you know. <laughs> no, it's Knucklehead. <laughs> I should have figured that out. I don't know. I think I like Niukled more. <laughs> <laughs> he has been dubbed. Um, North Carolina FC versus Florida Soccer Soldiers. We had to mention this. We won't mention every one of these, but um, this is the last amateur team. No, it's not. One of two amateur of teams left because Orange County FC beat Orange County SC. So from now on, I'm not sure we're allowed to call it soccer, actually. Is that what that means? Yep. It's not for everyone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Soccer Soldiers, uh, that was a bit of a shocking Football game soldiers. against Charlotte. Um, I don't see them winning this game against North Carolina, who's been incredibly solid against superior opponents all season. But, but did you see them winning the game against Charlotte? Yes, <laughs> it was. I think it's a lot more possible. <laughs> I think it's more of Charlotte losing the game, but yeah, exactly. In yeah. CFC's unbeaten at home this year. Wow, that's good. All right, so you guys are all counting out the soccer soldiers. I'll pick them. All right, you're picking them. Hey, I've yep. been saying North Carolina is a bit overrated, but I think even this is a, a little bit of a step too far. I could see it being scarily close for them, though. <laughs> I did love. We talked about this on the Curse Cast the other day. I loved all the people coming together to donate to their uh, to their campaign to get up to North Carolina to cover their travel costs. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, more magic of the cup. It's romantic as hell. I love it. Um, let's move on to the other amateur team, which I just mentioned, Orange County FC versus Las Vegas Lights FC. This is a fun matchup. 
I think Orange County has a decent shot against Las Vegas. Uh, for this. Is it is it that's, in Las Vegas or that's the question I was going to ask? In Vegas, though. Okay, yeah, never mind. Oh, I yeah, think Vegas. If it's in Vegas, Vegas wins. If, it, if it's away, you have a good upset. I agree. I was. I'd take the home team, whoever it was, in that one. They played SoCal United last uh, last round, and SoCal is so good. I don't think anyone is going to play Vegas better than SoCal did, and, and and it is in you know individual talent as it often is for these amateur teams. It's like someone shines and has a good day, and they win. But man, uh, SoCal did so well against Vegas, and Vegas still pulled out the win on that one. So um, I, it'd be hard to see them losing this one, especially at home, like you guys mentioned. Um, what takes up for the cup? Yeah, it would take luck, like a Vegas player gets sent off early. No, oh, which is possible too, actually. Good point. It, it is Vegas. <laughs> uh, working our way up, St. Louis FC against forward Madison. If you don't mind, I'm going to start us off on this one. I did see these guys in preseason play each other. Granted, it's preseason, um, but forward Madison did kind of bunker and look to counter in that game. Not saying they're going to do that in this game, because the weird thing is that... Um, there are they do like to kind of possess the ball and they didn't necessarily sit back against El Paso. Um, but they could be playing into St. Louis's hands if they try to possess the ball too much against a team like St. Louis who likes to press and they don't care to take the ball. So that'll be an interesting one to see how the uh, tactics uh, shake out in as well. Ryan, it looks like you're um, you're bolding some things. Is there something you can mention here? I just wanted to mention that uh, Ford Madison already received the USO. Uh, league one divisional bonus of $25,000 being the furthest advanced team from that league. Whereas for the uh, soccer soldiers and orange County FC, it'll be whoever can take their team further. If both of them end up losing in this round. Mm. And is that 25 grand for them as well? Or does it kind of scale? It's so how the payment goes out. Oh, I think it's roughly around 800 K for the winner, a hundred thousand for the runner up and then 25,000 to whichever divisions farthest advanced team. So there will be 25 K to the highest advanced USLC team, USL one team, and then open division as a whole. So not t- league two and PSL qualifiers. Okay. This is assuming that a USLC or a team from this league doesn't win the cup. Cause obviously if you're, there's not like an additional 25k onto the winner of the cup if you win the cup. If uh, if two USLC teams are the last two, do they split that? I think what ends up there always has to be a winner. It happened to Wilmington in 2016 where they were. It was them and one other side who were the last two remaining uh, USL teams in the league, and both of them had lost. But since Wilmington took their game all the way to penalties, and the other team had lost in normal time, Wilmington got the cash because they had quote-unquote went further than and their other team i'm not sure what i'm not sure what the breakdown is if they both lose in the same amount of time though so i'm not gonna mature a guess past that fair enough i figure we'll finish this one up with um the teams that we know and follow and then maybe we'll kind of have a couple talking points about the open cup before we move on but um pony why don't you talk about your game sacramento versus fresno it's a good matchup yeah, I can make it could be a good one. These teams played recently in Sacramento, kind of got a fluke goal to win 1 0 in Fresno. That's the only game Fresno's actually lost so far, but Sacramento just doesn't look right so far. They have always been a team who can't score consistently after the first few years. And last year, they ended up losing their center uh, mid, defensive mid, Hall, Hall to no longer to play and retired. And they just 
looked like a wreck since then. The back line and the midfield can't link up well. There seems to be a lot of really weak play, especially against crosses. And I really would bet Fresno advances on this one. I think that should have been a draw the first time these two teams played. And I just need something from Sacramento too. So there's, there needs to be some piece that they don't have to come in and fix that communication, to fix that back line, especially against said long balls, crosses, they look bad. And Fresno looks good. I mean, they got exposed somehow against Tacoma in probably their worst game of the season last week. But this is one where I'd be thrilled if Sacramento advanced in this game. I just don't think they will, especially as they want to be preparing for their league game on Saturday instead. At least to me, I'd rather have them win that one than beat Fresno here. Yeah. See, but I said the same thing when when New Mexico played Phoenix. I'd rather them focus on the league, and then they won. And I said, well, man, I'm really glad they won. And uh, I, I was I was just focused on the cup the whole time. So uh, you don't care about the cup until you, you win a match, right? I think you don't care about the cup, at least to me, until you win this round. Because then you go against the MLS team. Yep. Yeah. At, at that point, you go, okay, yeah, show them who's boss. But for now, it's roll out a AB mixed team. Rest anyone who's at all hurt. Give some young guys a chance. And if you win, you win. If you lose... Oh well, you don't play Wednesday games anymore. Yeah, yeah. That mentality just highlights that MLS teams need to arrive in this round, not next round. Oh I yes, agree. they need to be in a round sooner than this. It will never happen just due to how they want to structure the tournament on their own rules, but it needs to happen just for a competitive base. I completely agree. I even think USL could come in a little earlier, um, but no, I think that needs to happen. And I said it last week, but the 12 man idea where it's always in the home stadium of the team that's lower in the league should always be a thing, too, because they could use I the love, money. I love that idea. I never heard that. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's why I say I, I don't care if I'm repeating because it's worth everybody hearing over and over and over. I mean, somewhat of a capacity, like maybe 1,000 people per round you could hold. So if you, I don't want a team going to the fifth round, you could hold 1,500 people. But I don't know. I think that's magical in its own way. Yeah, I want to <laughs> see. Cool, I want to see the Florida time. soccer soldiers beat an MLS team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at well, home. Yeah, like Cristo FC. I mean, didn't what did they or Christos? They uh, they played DC United. Didn't they beat DC United? That would have been amazing in they, a little tiny thousand person stand. And then they played against DC United. Actually, led them for I'd say about ten minutes before they was equalized, and then DC took control in the second half. But I will say there's got to be something said uh, that's pretty cool about going into, again, let's say D.C. United Stadium and just completely quieting that crowd as a lower level team. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, they were playing it at the uh, Maryland Soccer Complex. So it was still like playing in a park, which is what a bunch of these clubs do. And I I remember uh, still that cup run that uh, Wilmington had where they went into Real Salt Lake that they got up 2-0 at halftime and it was an absolutely silent stadium and Rio Tinto, obviously the match didn't turn out as expected, but I know at least everyone here who was watching it past midnight, East Coast time was more just Magic of the Cup at that time. Hmm. Most definitely. Um, what do we think about what team, let's say, let's say the USL championship teams all pretty much go through. Which championship team has the best chance to beat an MLS side moving on or to go the furthest in the Cup? Who's playing the bad teams? I was going to say, if the question's who has a chance to beat an MLS team, and call me a homer, but New Mexico United could play the Colorado Rapids. Nah. Uh, that's that's a real possibility. Oh, yeah. um, and they are they got their first win in 200 days last week. So I think that's a pretty good shot there. 
here are the uh, bottom three teams of each conference since this will be structured based off of um just where you are in the region in the and Cincinnati uh, once more. And then in the West, you have Portland, SKC, and Colorado. Hmm. You know, and SKC is kind of hurt right now. So, you know, if St. Louis was to go on and play them, which they've done in the past, that that's, this would be the right time to try to beat them. And especially St. Louis doing, you know. And I will say there, there, there are only 11 teams coming out of this round joining the 21 MLS side. So there will be some all MLS matches. So we could very well end up just seeing some of these bad MLS teams play just other MLS teams. And some of these USL sides would get matched up against the tough ones. Like the... um. One of the big ones is uh, Chicago, Columbus, and Cincinnati always seem to be in the same pairing. Um, yeah. Any other teams that you think could have a, a good go? Maybe Nashville. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's yeah, it's it's whoever draws the Colorado, you the New England, Cincinnati. The teams just aren't playing well right now. Mm-hmm. I guess. Sorry, Ryan, you were breaking up a little bit, so I'm not sure if you said this already, but I guess a little bit of like getting back at Cincy the way that they gave it to the MLS before might be kind of fun, right? If Louisville beats Cincy. Yeah. Oh, man, I would, <laughs> I'd pay money for that. It'd be, it'd be hard to not to, love I just that. wanted to play. If, if Louisville's in it, they need to have those two teams play. Yeah, yep. especially now Louisville's kind of coming back to their previous form, so it'd be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, David, I, I was going to kind of touch on your game, New Mexico versus the switchbacks. Any thoughts on that one before we move on? They played a little over a week ago uh, at the same stadium. And uh, it was a 3-1. Yeah, 11 days ago. It was a 3-1 final. Um, And it wasn't as one-sided as as the 3-1 final looks. I think uh, switchbacks had some moments uh, where they controlled possession. Um, They just struggled defensively, I think. New Mexico took advantage of that, um, invaded the passing lanes, uh, and and scored three goals, obviously. Kevon Frater with all three of those. Um, That's what put him at 10, which is the top of the the scoring list right now in the USL. Um, But again, I think uh, think it's going to be closer than than people might expect. I think New Mexico will come out on top. Uh, I think they're the better side right now, obviously. Switchbacks really having trouble getting out of their own way. They finally got a, a penalty this week on a handball and just shot it wide and really just did not look good again this week. Um, and it's it's sad to see. I want I want switchbacks to be good. I want them to be a good team. Um, and I think they're better than they're playing right now. But I would take New Mexico in that. Again, call me a homer, but I think I think it's a smart pick. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, yeah, in a, in a lot of ways, it's a bit of a no-brainer. But, you know, it is in Colorado, so they do play better at home, so you never know. Um, okay, I think what I'm going to do here is I think for league play, we're not going to cover every single match every single week. And I think this is going to be a short week as well in that way, considering we got the Open Cup going. So um, I think what we're going to do is I think everybody's going to pick a game and we're going to cover one more game each before we cut out for the day. I'm scanning through. I had a game picked out that I was excited to talk about and... Now I can't remember which one it is. Does anyone have a game they definitely want to talk about? I'll I'll take one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was uh, Monarchs Phoenix. Uh, Monarchs got out to an early lead, two nil. Uh, really looked dominant, not just in the score sheet but in possession as well. Um, and then as soon as I got up by that second goal, it's like they stopped everything that they were doing uh, that got them there. They stopped pressing. They got lazy defensively. Um, 
Phoenix scored two goals within, I think, three minutes. That second goal that tied the match, uh, Putna tried to clear the ball out. The goalkeeper tried to clear the ball out um, and just kind of got lazy. Vaccaro, like, rushed the goalkeeper and got just uh, kind of a lazy goal from the goalkeeper. And then Aguinaga just completely dominated playing the midfield for the rest of the way. Uh, he was fantastic. One of the best players in the league this week, I thought. Um, and, and Phoenix goes on to win that 4-2. I thought uh, this was kind of uh, – I don't know if, if you know, you're you're – one of the best teams in the Western Conference year in a year out. I don't know if you can have a coming out party, but if you can at that point, this was Phoenix's, in my opinion. Mm, I like that. I feel like I, sh- I should record or bring this back up and play it again later if, if it goes the- your way in that way. <laughs> Please do. I'll take the credit. For sure. Yeah, and I, I won't sell you out if it doesn't go that way. We'll just we'll pretend I lost it. Uh, Please don't. I won't take the blame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ryan, what do you think? What, uh, do you have a game that you enjoyed this week? I had uh, one game that I briefly wanted to mention, and then before I get into my actual one, I briefly wanted to say that Hartford quietly gets them another point through a draw against Ottawa. And I was uh, talking on Twitter with uh, Mike Watts, who said that uh, Hartford would be a tough out for Ottawa, and I wanted to admit that he was indeed right. I was a bit more skeptical on Hartford being an easy, thinking Hartford would be an easy game for Ottawa, but they managed to at least get a 1-1 draw. So I thought that was definitely worth mentioning. But the uh, big match I wanted to break down was uh, Indy 11 and Nashville, which ended up as a nil-nil result. First off, there was just a bunch of the shade that was thrown prior to the match of just the printers in the supporter section or the Nashville traveling section was absolutely fantastic. And in, even the uh, Indy Twitter got in on it with their uh, kind of printer not found graphic for their match preview. But onto the match itself, uh, Indy and Nashville are both unbeaten in their last four matches. Uh, Nashville was shut out for the third, or they were shut out for the third time this year. And Indy has only scored one goal in their last four matches and only two goals scored at home. I, like Brian Cook had said earlier in the season, Indy is good at offense. They're good at defense. They're not good at doing both of those at the same time. And it seems like it's just that they'll have to eventually start, well, scoring if they want to improve. But Nashville continues to kind of look good defensively yeah without a doubt um a lot of people are freaking out on both sides of this where you know a lot of the indie folks you know obviously they're at home so the the onus is on them to win for sure but this is a good game and and you almost kind of expected this kind of uh an outcome i don't know if everyone else kind of thought that but i did and Nashville, some people were upset in Nashville, and I don't really feel like they should be upset about uh, a draw away against a team as good as Indy 11 in the middle of the season. I think part of the story here is that this was one of the most boring weeks of USL play in the year so far. And I think people are hitting mid-season and just kind of like being okay with draws away. You know, we've just hit that part of the season. Um, we were... Talking about like, okay, what games are we going to talk about this week? Because a lot of them are draws or boring games. Well, I think you and I, you and I were talking about Phil when we first came on before we started recording. Mm. I thought the Indy Nashville game was the most exciting game of the week and it ends up nil nil. And then Tacoma Fresno, which has six goals, was the most boring game I watched. So <laughs> I think it kind of just ugly. It was so <laughs> ugly. It was so ugly. There were one or two good goals uh, in that uh, in that match. The Wall's goal was was I'm sorry, Hopiow's goal was beautiful. But beyond that, it was just garbage goals the whole way and nobody maintained possession and it was boring. Uh, but, but Indy Nashville, which is nil nil was, was my favorite match of the week. Well, I think as Pony had mentioned either in our group chat or on Twitter, I wasn't entirely sure, but Indy Nashville could very well be a preview for an Eastern conference semifinal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Completely agree, and that's something we might have even thought in the preseason, and they haven't been letting us down per se. Um, Pony, did you have, do you have a game that you enjoyed this week? Uh, I'll go with the ugly game, and the non-play was bad way, but it got really out of hand way in the Bethlehem Louisville two-two draw. <laughs> People didn't watch this. There were three players sent off, and the game ended nine on nine because a Louisville player got hurt and couldn't continue really late in the game. And it could have been much, much more players set off, and it probably should have been. I mean, this game probably should have ended eight on nine. It was one of those games where people were just lost their head, and the ref lost control very early, and just was never even able to regain control. It's kind of worth watching. Just almost if you've ever refed a game or ever planned to ref a game, just see how not to ref a game to an extent. I mean, this is a ref who, I mean, he is experienced, but. Both teams just played very reckless, very careless soccer. Louisville went up two goals, I think just barely into the second half. Bethlehem got one back on a penalty kick, which should have sent a Louisville player off, but didn't. <laughs> they got another one back on goal of the week nominee goal, which is a very nice goal. And after then, it was just it was an odd game. And a week of lots of games being boring because nothing really happened or just being a clinical 3-1 win of a good team against a bad team. This was a Louisville team who started to regain the ground against the Bethlehem team who's really not looked that great this year. They've kind of regressed back into the first season. Well, they might be a playoff team, maybe not. But it was a, it was it was just a, a very odd game. It's worth watching at least the highlights because of how unusual it was. It seems very out of place, but in a in a week of probably the worst USL week of the season for games you should watch this one is something to watch for more of a bad reason i guess it's just one of those it was one of those games where mm-hmm. i mean honestly i could have seen three louisville players and three bethlehem players should have got red cards yeah i asked evan about it i was like yo evan what happened and i got no reply and i don't think it was because he didn't want to talk about it but that's what i'm going to decide to take it as right now um, I think um, the game I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I've been obsessed with the U20 World Cup, so I haven't been watching as much USL, but I watched a decent amount of the bold New Mexico United game. And um, I don't know, I, th- I thought it was kind of a surprising start where New Mexico was kind of owning things, but Austin was really taking their their chances at the right time, and I feel like they're at their best when they kind of do that. But eventually the wheels did fall off. But David, since you're here... Um, how much time does Sandoval get? I, I feel like I've seen him next to Freighter. I'm not sure, but he was in and he's a good player, not quite as, as, uh, flashy as the other guys per se, but how do you feel about your attacking players and kind of who's best or what they're all like? Devin is king of the garbage goals. Um, <laughs> okay. he's, he's scored, I think he's on three or four for the season. All of them, except for the first one, which is the first goal in our history, uh, were, were garbage goals. And I love garbage goals. Um, he's he's not a starter at this point. It's, I mean, it's the two top goal scorers in the USL Championship right now. It's it's Kevon Freider and, and Santi Moar, who are the two top, the two starters up top. And, and then it's been, uh, Kevon was suspended because of yellow card accumulation in this match. Um, so, uh, Santi goes ahead and gets a brace. Um, and the match prior, uh, Santi was suspended, uh, because of a straight red and Kevon had a hat trick. Uh, so <laughs> they kind of pick up for each other. Um, and it's, it's been really nice to see. And, and if Devin Sandoval can be your third choice, um, uh, 
if you want to call him that, I, I, I don't know that I would. It's just kind of a rotation kind of thing. I, I, those two, Kavan and Santi, start more than more so than Devin. But it, it, again, it's it's more rotation. I wouldn't say that they are the starters over Devin Sandoval. And, and I feel really mm. good about having those three guys up top. Um, and then a guy like Chris Weehan feeding them uh, constantly, uh, which is really nice to see. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's a nice balance across the top line. Completely agree. I enjoy, and I haven't seen Weehan in action yet, and he had a really. I thought he did a great job. I don't. Maybe he always looks that good, but um, that was fun to watch for me. He's the guy who's good in possession in building the attack, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's really sorely needed. Indeed, it is. Yeah, I think I said he should have been Rookie of the Year back in his first season with Reno. Mm-hmm. I don't think he won it, but he could create chances like almost no one else in the USL. He crosses the ball beautifully. Weehan has uh, three assists for New Mexico alongside Josh Suggs and Kevin Freider. That seems oh. way too few. It does. <laughs> they share the ball well. They share the glory. It's nice. It is. It is. Um, great. Boys, I think we're going to call it there. Um, I'm excited. The Open Cup's here, and we're going to keep moving with that. Next week should be even more interesting in that way. I think we'll have some storylines for sure. Um, I'm pushing for USL team all the way to the quarterfinals. I think Alan mentioned that. So that's I think that's my personal USL goal. Um, anything else anyone wants to say before we go, before we kind of – we'll all have a chance to talk. Actually, if you have anything else to say, do that as you give uh, where people can find you. David, we'll start with you. Yeah, uh, I don't really get on my personal Twitter all that much. So the Curse NM at the Curse NM on Twitter. Um, yeah, give us a follow there. I, I tweet stupid things and banter, and uh, you'll probably hate me and unfollow me in a week. <laughs> yeah, I actually couldn't find you, so I didn't tag you. But uh, we'll have to friend up after this uh, show's over, so we can so I can find you a little easier. Um, Pony, how about you? Uh, I'll throw out one fun stat is Tacoma on the road this season has played six games and they've allowed more goals than the entire season, including postseason at the Rochester's Rhinos championship run a few years ago. <laughs> so bad. It has been that bad. They've, they're a negative 21 goal differential after six games. This is the content that keeps people coming to the USL it is. show. <laughs> Uh, he DM'd that, and I don't think any of us responded, but I sincerely, <laughs> Pony, even though I don't respond, I like shook my head and giggled in the morning when I woke up and saw that. Oh, it, it's it's all bad on the road for them right now. <laughs> but you can find me on Twitter at USL underscore Pony <laughs> for more stats like that and drunk pictures of my cat. Perfect. I've actually been following you for anime tips lately, too, so that's yeah, been fun. I've- Stupid drunk Amazon buys. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, My Hero Academia, right. I've been watching it, so it's pretty it's good. It's a good show. Too many commercials and too much recap. Otherwise, it's amazing. It's on Hulu. That's why I get so oh, many okay. commercials. Sorry. Uh, Ryan, uh, what, what, how about you? What, any fun facts before we leave? Um, Just not much else. I did want to say that I tweeted out a full uh, rectangle of parody today for um all of MLS. So all 24 teams in MLS have beaten each other. I think my ultimate goal is, or at least I'm still working on trying to do a Western Conference circle of parity. The tough ones is just it has to line up that Sacramento beats Reno and Reno beats New Mexico, which makes it kind of a bit difficult. But my ultimate goal with the uh, circle of parodies is to find one that connects all of U.S. soccer or within league and Open Cup results. So MLS, Championship, League One, and as many Open Division teams as I can. But you can find me on Twitter at ILM underscore Ryan. I'm going to have to write a dissertation on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to grad school for a reason. (laughs) 
I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and look for that one because I missed it today. Uh, now it comes to the time of the show where I read the ads. And uh, the first one is to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, continuing on with that, uh, BGN's been so good to us, and there are so many awesome podcasts. David's part of the curse. Uh, for New Mexico's, uh, you know, curse cast, you got to listen to that show. It's one of the best on BGN, especially the one of the best new ones here that have that we've gotten. I can't play too many favorites, but you guys are really good. Um, so that's a good one to follow. There's so many other ones. So if you play a team, look up and see if there's a podcast about that team under BGN, and there probably is, and you can kind of get the scoop there on what you may be facing that week. I, that's what I like to do. Um, so um, not only that, but um, Mike Sparks, our fearless leader at BGN, has started a new project and it's golden gold press um so we will say also thanks to our sponsor golden gold press the best choice for you to get custom shirts hats mugs other items for just yourself or your organization check out their products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com and it's just one of those places where you can go and let's just say you want to slap a, a logo on just name a thing and it's there it's a possibility it's something mike can throw it on there and i think it's a pretty good price um the the selections just you know it's innumerable it's it's a million different things you can put it on so um that's something you may want to look into the main reason i wanted to kind of go off on this is because i think we're going to finally start looking into stuff for the usl show in case you guys might want to get more than a sticker and so um we're going to look at what kind of merch that might be if you're still listening Go ahead and DM us, email us, whatever. Find us on our website um, and tell us what kind of merch you would actually buy. And maybe we'll throw up some polls or some questions um, and, and go from there. Obviously, a scarf should be one of those things. So I think we'll start with that and then and then branch out if we can afford it. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, excited about the Open Cup starting here and more league play on the weekend. It's about to hit midseason, and it's going to be a good year altogether. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.